Well, this is Family Gathers Month, and in our uh, family, one of our favorite times is snack time. So kids, get ready, because our ushers are coming down right now with some snacks. So you're just going to want to grab that, take the uh, right side and open it like so, and then uh, enjoy. So you can kind of, you know, space those out through the service, and uh, that'll kind of keep you, uh, keep your, your tummy engaged while your mind uh, stays with us as well. And so my, my favorites, by the way, are the little red ones. Um, there's all sorts of, uh, you know, I guess they're all red. I like pretty much all snacks. Well, uh, this is Family Gathers Month, and it is great to have uh, all of you here in the house. And we want to find out a few things about you this morning. We're going to focus this morning on married folk. But as Sean just said, I think there are some things that will apply to anyone if you have an ear to hear. All right, so let's, uh, let's find out who's here. We're, we're, th- this first piece, we're, we're going to find out the, the folks that have been married the longest. We're going to call you the veterans, the seasoned veterans. So uh, think in your mind, we're going to do it by years here in just a second. And then we're going to find out the, uh, the newest of the newlyweds that are here this morning. And uh, so think about, we'll probably be in months, I'm guessing, and might even come down to days. But let's first start with the, uh, the longest, the most seasoned. All right, so if you have been married, you know what, I think we're just going to start at 45 years. If you have been married 45 years or longer, I know this is probably hard for, for you to do, you're of that generation, but just go with me here. Stand up if you would. If you have been married for 45 years or longer. All right. Now stay standing. You need, you need to stay standing. Did I lose my mic here? You need to stay standing. All right. Now let's uh, go by five years. Let's go to 50 years. If you have been married 50, stay standing. Oh my. All right. We've still got several down here. Okay. Now I'm going to go by the single digit By the single year, all right? So you should be standing if you have been married 50 years or longer. 51. Have you been married for 51? All right. Congratulations, by the way, over here for those of you who just (laughs) sat down. 51. All right. We've still got several. Let's go to 52. Okay. 52. Congratulations to Ross back there. All right. 53. 53. Stay standing if it's 53. All right, we'll keep going. Now we're confined to this section, I think. Any over there? All right, 54. All right, congratulations, Friesens. 54, not bad. And you're only 52 years old. That's amazing. All right, 55. If you're at 55, congratulations to you. Now, we're going to go to 56. 56. Okay, Clarks, congratulations to you at 55, I think. Okay, we got two couples left. All right, let's see where we go here. And uh, in the back, all right, 57. Am I at 57? All right, and we lost one over here. 
Congratulations to you. Okay, we're going to keep going, you guys. 58? Okay, well then stand up because we're at 57. Stand up because we want to find out who you are. We have a microphone back there. This is what we're going to do. We want to find out your names, how long you've been married, and where did you meet? I'm Raleigh. This is Joanne. We met, believe it or not, in the first grade. <laughs> that is fantastic. Well, congratulations to you. Bless you. We have a gift for you, a, uh, a gift card to Broadway Coffee House. So enjoy it on us. Congratulations. All right, to the other end of the spectrum. I'm going to go with one year or below. Let's start there. If you have been married for one year or less, stand up. One year or less. Is there anybody in the room that's one year or less? Up in the balcony? Okay, no one's up that early. That's a good point. All right, let's go to... You're absolutely right. What was I thinking? I'm going to have to wind it up. Let's go up to 15 years. Stand up. If you've been married, at least uh, 15. All right, we got a few. Now we're talking. All right, I'm going to come down in numbers of years. Four, 15 or less. 15 or less. All right. 10 or less. Okay, we, we're, now we're talking. All right, let's go. Let's go eight or less. Okay, we're down to, I think, five couples. Let's go seven or less. Okay, we lost one. Six or less. Five or less. Four years. Okay, we lost one back there. Congratulations to you. Three years or less. Okay, we lost one more. Two years or less. Okay, now we're going to have to stand up you two. Stand up, you two couples, yep. Let's go to months. One year and 11 months. Two years and 11 months. And how about you guys? All right, here we go. The newliest of newlyweds. Congrats to you guys as well. Let's find out who you are. Give us your names, how long exactly you've been married, and how did you meet? There you go. Well, as our gift, enjoy some coffee at the Broadway Coffee House. Now, here's one more uh, little survey I want to take. You're going to see some words on the screen right now. And they describe challenges that you might be facing, that we might be facing in marriage. And really, it could be in any family relationship. Communication, busyness, intimacy, finances, spiritual growth. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to take out a piece of sermon notepad right now, if you would. And I want you, without your husband or your wife seeing at first, pick one of these and write it down. Pick one of these and write it down. Now, if you're a kid in here, this could be related to your parents. Maybe it's communication. Maybe it's finances. Maybe it's something else. A word or two. Don't let your husband or your wife see what is the biggest challenge you are facing in your marriage right now. All right, everybody got that? 
couple more seconds. Show your husband, show your wife. What did you write down? Show your husband or your wife. How many of them matched up? <laughs> okay, that's probably the seasoned veterans there. All right. Now here's what I want you to do. I want you to hang on to that piece of paper because we're going to get back to that at the end of the message. So we want to talk this morning about the challenges and the blessings of marriage, whether it be long-term, short-term, or somewhere in the middle. Well, this morning, I, I want to introduce you to two couples, one from the scriptures and one live and in person. First, I'd like to start with the, the couple in scripture, and so I'm going to ask you, if you would, to open your Bibles to Genesis chapter 2. Uh, it's pretty tricky to find. It's on page 2. Genesis chapter 2, and in your blue Bibles, you'll find it on page 2. Now this couple is really no, uh, they're no strangers to most of us. So the first couple of the scriptures, Adam and Eve, and we're going to pick it up in verse 20, Genesis 2. It says this, for, for Adam, no suitable helper was found, so the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. While he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and then closed up the place with flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. And the man said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and they will become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked. And there was no shame. Naked and unashamed. Healthy, intimate relationship. No sin. As the scripture says, no shame. Well, it didn't take long for this perfectly healthy relationship to be disrupted. You know the rest of the story. Temptation. Eating of the forbidden tree. Eating together cover up the shame. Let's pick up the story in chapter 3, verse 8. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid among the trees of the garden. But the Lord called to the man, where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. Operation cover-up. It's, it's sort of like uh, being on a diet and you go to the store and you sneak those Hershey's chocolate bars in with you. And I don't know how Janet always seems to find that out, but she always does. Adam and Eve cover-up. The blame game. The shaming. Verse 8 says, the fear what if God finds out? And the, the, the verse ends with these words. So they hid. Now I'm, I'm sure many of us could come on this stage and repeat these words. Hiding from God is rarely a healthy strategy. <laughs> Ignoring our problems is rarely the answer go so far as to say ignoring our problems does not make them go away. 
So what began as a life together, the wedded bliss, and they begin early on to face the many challenges of marriage. Well, I, I want to introduce you to a second couple this morning who is also quite familiar with the challenges of marriage. This is what we looked like a few years ago when I met my bride of soon to be 30 years in December. Uh, that was college graduation, and uh, most of us, that was one of Janet's favorite pictures. Um, you're not a big mustache fan, are you? No. Not really. I only had that mustache for a couple of months, and then it had to go. Well, this is my bride of almost 30 years. Would you welcome Janet up to the platform this morning? And uh, we would like to share with you, if you would give us a few moments here, just to share some of the challenges and some of the blessings in our relationship. Uh, we met in the fall of 1980. I was a junior at San Diego State University. Now, this is where it gets a little interesting, because uh, we actually met in May of 1980. But according to Janet, she would tell you that we met in September. So for three months, I wasn't even on her radar. So guys, just a, a little word of encouragement, if at first you don't succeed. Uh, we were engaged on Valentine's Day, and then we got married that following December of 1981. So this December, we'll be married 30 years. <laughs> and you know, that's when all white was sort of in. It's, it's in now, isn't it? Um, our purpose for today is um, to share with you some of the challenges that we've faced um, along the way in our marriage and um, how God is using those challenges to mold us and to change us and to, to be more like him. And I was thinking about that this morning when we were reading, when we were singing that song, um, God is our healer, awesome in power. And as I reflect on what the work he's done in us over the years, and I think it's a testimony to that. Um, I think that you'll be able to relate to us um, by your experiences as married couples, but I think also that um, what we're going to be talking about will help you in any relationship that you currently find yourself in. So we're going to dive in. And the first challenge we'd like to talk about is called the temperament clash. <laughs> Um, Steve and I are very different. So I'm going to tell you a few things about Janet, and she's going to tell you a few things about me. Steve wakes up bright and early. Janet has a hard time waking up at all. <laughs> yeah, this is the first time I've been to the 8 o'clock service. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Steve loves me. Yeah. <laughs> Steve loves loud music in the mornings. Janet loves quiet in the morning. Mm -hmm. He drinks tea. Janet drinks coffee. He thinks food is a sport. Janet thinks food is sustenance. Uh, he likes to read war books. Janet loves historical fiction. He processes verbally, and I often find that I have to ask him are we making a decision today, or are you just throwing out some ideas? And Janet processes internally. 
Uh, he's a dreamer. She's pragmatic. He's easily distracted. Janet is focused. He's a spender. And Janet is a saver. You're getting the picture here that I typically have my head in the clouds and Janet's feet are firmly planted on terra firma. <laughs> now, some of the things we shared, obviously, are just personal preferences, but some of them are really hardwired into the fabric of who God created us to be. Um, but no matter what, our, source, our differences can be a real source of conflict. Um, early on in our dating relationship, uh, Steve and I went to a Halloween party, and he was dressed as um, Bjorn Borg, who was a 1970s tennis player. Yes. He had on uh, the long blonde wig and these short shorts, and uh, he carried a tennis racket, and we both were re recalling were what I was, but I was, we, I was Raggedy Ann. Stable, yeah. solid. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> So basically what I remember of that is that he uh, dropped me off at the door of the party and he picked me up on the way out. How rude. Um, what I didn't understand at the time was that he's an extrovert and he likes to work the room. We still talk about it in our family today. Dad works the room and he likes to meet as many people as possible. And I'm definitely more introverted and I feel more comfortable talking to people I know, and at that time, I didn't know anyone there. So I was ready to be done with him. Now, to my defense, this, this was a church Halloween party, so it was all about ministry. And I thought it was a date. Well, at this, at this point in our relationship, we, we didn't understand the concept of, of differences. We, we hadn't identified them. We weren't talking about them, and we certainly weren't building on them. A few years ago, uh, a great book came out that maybe some of you have read through as well. We've even gone through it now as a family, and it's called Strength Finders. Um, one of the things that we discovered when we were doing this is that... Um, one of Steve's greatest characteristics, or his greatest strengths, is called WOO, and it's spelled W-O-O, and it stands for winning others over. Um, and there's a big definition, but the two sentences I'm going to read to you are these. You enjoy the challenge of meeting new people and getting them to like you. Once that connection is made, you are quite happy to wrap it up and move on. There are new people to meet. One of the things we discovered about Janet... She is called the relator. This is how the book defines the relator. The relator theme pulls you toward people you already know. You derive a great deal of pleasure and strength from being around your close friends. For you, a relationship has value only if it's genuine. How interesting. <laughs> this, this book has helped us to celebrate these differences, identifying our strengths, building on who God has created us to be. Now, I, I want to take a, a time out here for a second because as we talked about this through this week, our, our guess is, is that this is a source of 
conflict for many of you. Whether it be in your, in your married relationships, dating relationships, parents to children, co-workers, bosses, roommates, uh, a, a lack of understanding of the differences that many of which are, are hardwired, as Janet said, part of our DNA, part of who God has made us. Uh, a, a failure to understand some of those differences, to identify them each, in each other, can be tragic. We've discovered the, the great chasm that, that occurs and has, ha has occurred in the past when, when there was a difference that, that put us at odds. Oftentimes, I, this verbal processing, for example, I, I would say to myself, now, how come she can't hear me out? She must not care. When I've come to find out that it has nothing to do with her caring, it's it's about the strength that she gathers from being quiet. Now, now hear us. We, we want you to hear us very carefully. Differences left unchecked are a huge source of conflict. But by understanding our strengths, we can celebrate and build on these differences. It's, it's sort of like 1 Corinthians 12. Paul is talking about the church, and he says there's one body, many parts. Why would the hand say to the foot, I have no need of you? Why would the ear say to the eye, I have no need of you? Why would one part of the body of Christ say, there's no need of you? Why would a husband say to a wife, I don't understand you, I'm going to push you away? Well, it happens when we fail, fail to take into consideration the, the God-given differences. And when we fail, fail to celebrate those differences as strengths and possible foundations upon which we can build. Amen? Um, another challenge that we've faced um, is called, well, we, we're calling it generational baggage. Um, when we first got married and moved to Fullerton, uh, we brought with us a small U-Haul. And in it were, uh, well, the first thing I remember is a very ugly yellow couch that was checked. It was a checkered yellow and brown couch. We had a queen-size bed with a little sag in it. We had uh, bricks and boards that we would be using to build a bookcase. We had uh, 12 place settings of a Mikasa stoneware, and a rice cooker. And we brought those things into our little apartment, but we also brought with us some, something else, and, we, and it was emotional and relational baggage is what it was. Um, and it was really part of our families of origin. And um, for me, I grew up um, in an alcohol system, um, and with that comes some just in inherent baggage that you have when you're an adult child of alcoholics. My parents, uh, my grandparents, and some of my siblings were all alcoholics. Um, and I'm really thankful to say that many of them are living sober lives today. Um, but I'm also fully aware through my own journey that many adult children of alcoholics 
um, have some similar struggles. And some of those things include um, it's a struggle to trust others. It's a struggle to talk about difficult issues. Um, it's a struggle to even understand your own feelings sometimes. And um, you might hear or read about, uh, they usually say there's these three words that in an alcohol system you experience, and it's the don't talk, don't tell, and don't feel. And um, at the time when we were first married, um, I didn't think that that would have any impact on me. Um, but when you're in a marriage relationship, um, or any sort of relationship with others, sooner or later that emotional baggage gets opened. And um, in my case, I, Janet, the one who didn't like to talk about difficult things, and who wasn't sure how I felt about things, Mary Steve, who's the verbal processor, and the challenges began to arise. Well, I, I too recognized pretty early on that we had brought some baggage into our relationship. I just thought she brought it all. <laughs> and it's true, he did think that. <laughs> About 10 years into our marriage, a uh, a friend of ours, uh, a counselor in Northern California, helped me to understand the reality. And it went something like this. So Steve, tell me something about your family. So I launched in my parents, my brother, my grandparents, aunts and uncles, cousins, and all of the great family gatherings, the great food, the good times. We were, in my view, sort of this all-American family in sort of a Filipino way. And... Um, she said to me at that point, so you pretty much have the perfect family. And I said, well, yes, I do. And sarcastically, she said to me, is that right? <laughs> and over the span of the next several months, I began to recognize some of my own baggage that I had brought into the relationship. Um, People-pleasing. Um, performance to get approval, uh, maintaining appearances, no matter how successful or unsuccessful, at all costs, looking the part. And it, it was in those days that, that I realized that, that those things were very ingrained into my thinking, into my behaviors, the way I treated people, my expectations, for the most part unspoken, of Janet, my expectation of my kids, those that I worked with, pretty much everyone in my life and myself. But God in his goodness, he really wants his best for us. And uh, through the gift of that counselor at the time, and through the wisdom of good friends, and even through our steps ministry here at Salem Alliance, I know I was given a place to where I could work safely on some of these issues for myself, for my marriage, and for my children. Um, together, we would rather do the hard work of dealing with um, our temperament clashes and our generational baggage so that we can pass on uh, blessing rather than cursing. 
we had our son and his future um, fiance, future wife in uh, the service last night, and I felt like I had to apologize to them because we've already passed on some of that baggage. Um, but at the same time, we're hoping that um, we're now passing on maybe a carry-on and not like a steamer trunk. Well, we, we hope that, that some of what we have shared you would be able to relate to. We know that, that the Apostle Paul says in 1 Timothy chapter 4, he says, train yourselves to be godly. We, we think that means talking about issues, addressing challenges, being proactive about the things that drive you apart and make you crazy. We know, as you know, whether you've been married for a few years or 57, 58, 60 years, it takes a lot of work, doesn't it? I want you to take out your sermon notepad with the word that you placed on it a bit ago. I want you to look at that word again. Maybe the challenge that you face is the communication issue. Maybe it's finances. Maybe it's the intimacy that you would hope for that you're not quite establishing. Maybe it's the spiritual growth you've expected out of yourself, or maybe it's the spiritual growth that you've expected out of your husband or your wife. Maybe it's something that, that, that wasn't on the board. You've all written down something. I'm going to ask you a couple of questions about those. Are those issues that have put you in a place where you'd say, you know what, Steve, Janet, if, if we were sitting with you and telling our story, we would say we're stuck. We're, we're in sort of a holding pattern, and we really don't know what to do with it. I had someone last night say to me, I was following you all through your talk about differences, but I have no clue what to do with how vastly different we are. Maybe that's you. Maybe you're here today and this morning and, and you're saying, we understand about some of the generational emotional baggage. It's all through our relationship. It's all through our family system, but we don't know what to do with it. Well, what we want to do in, in the next few moments, the closing moments of this service, is we uh, just spend some time seeking Him together and uh, worshiping Him together. Janet and I are going to pray with you and for you. But first, I'm going to pray for you that God would give you an ability. When you walk out of here, if, if the answer to the question, are we stuck, if the answer is yes, that you would commit yourself to dealing with your stuff. To saying, okay, I don't know what to do with it, but we're going to do something. At the close, I'm going to give you a couple of practical ideas, some things that you might do, but, but for now, just simply, yes, God, we're, we're going to do something about this. And then Janet's going to pray a, a simple prayer of blessing over you. And we're going to lead you in some more time of worship. And then I'll come back and say a few closing things. Heavenly Father, I thank you for every family that's here this morning, every couple, every single person 
We're all in relationship. We all have families. We all have these, these systems that we live in. And Father, particularly for those this morning, you're in a holding pattern, sort of frozen. What do we do? Don't know how to get past this issue. Oh, God, I understand what that feels like. And I pray that you would give us an attitude, Father, that says, with God, nothing is impossible. That your love is stronger. God, words of our songs this morning, that if you're, if you're with us, who could stand against us? There's nothing that we're facing that we cannot face together with God's help to overcome. So, Father, give us the strength to deal with our issues, to deal with our challenges. In Jesus' name. And, Lord, we just bless these marriages, we pray, with good things, with understanding, with a willingness to be able to deal with tough stuff. Um, Lord, I pray that you would bless with intimacy, love, growth, and your presence. Amen.